0: Or let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Titus. Titus chapter number 1. Titus chapter number 1. And we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Paul is servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. But hath in due times manifested His Word through preaching, which is committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. Father, I pray now that You'll bless the reading of Thy Word, speak to our hearts. May the will of God be done. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. I want to preach on the subject, How a Servant Treats a Son. How a Servant Treats a Son. We notice Paul here in verse number 1, as Paul mentions himself to be a servant of God. And then in verse number 4, we see Titus, as he mentions Titus, my own son. And so Paul, the uh, elder preacher, Paul, the experienced preacher, Paul, uh, the encouraging preacher, uh, the servant, he talks to Titus as the son in the faith. And so he wants to encourage him. Now, Paul is writing to Titus, his son in the faith. And Titus was converted in the early period of Paul's ministry. And he assisted Paul and Barnabas uh, to Jerusalem... To settle matters concerning ceremonial laws, which Paul wrote about in Galatians chapter number two, and Timothy and Titus were both uh, young uh, uh, special preachers to the heart of Paul. We know that God cha- or that Paul challenged mo- both of these men and gave them difficult tasks. Now, Ti- uh, Timothy was a Jew, and Titus was or a half Jew, uh, should I say? And Titus was a a Gentile, and uh, Titus uh, uh, was sent to Corinth, and he was sent to Crete uh, to Crete here, and we know that uh, uh, Timothy was sent to Corinth but he was sent to Ephesus also and both of these young men, as I mentioned, they had very difficult uh, tasks that were ahead of them. Uh, the people of Crete was, uh, were people that had uh, low morals and a bad reputation. And when you think about uh, the island, most of them were sailors. And it was, a, uh, it was an island there that was uh, uh, we know that was southeast of Greece. And so uh, Titus has been sent there. And he's been given this mission to set in order things... Uh, that are wanting there. And so Paul is going to encourage him in the early verses of this first chapter as he addresses him, and he, but he encourages him as a servant to a son, And I want to think about that for a few moments uh, here concerning uh, how a servant treats a son. I want you to see, first of all, in verse number 1, I want you to notice his attitude. Notice the attitude of Paul. As he says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. And I want to think about Paul's attitude because how a person views themselves has a lot to do with how they treat others. A person that is spiritual and views themselves very humbly and does not think highly of themselves most likely will treat others in the right form or fashion. But those that uh, think highly of themselves and value themselves and have pride in their heart often mistreat others. Paul was never that type of preacher. When we think about Paul's attitude in verse number 1, we see that Paul saw himself as one who is simple. As he uses the, just his name to begin this verse, he says, Paul, just very simple, before a title of any kind, before uh, anything to address himself, he, he comes to Timothy or to Titus, should I say, on a very uh, personal manner. And he just addresses him as Paul. And you know, I think that reminds us of the humanity of all of us as preachers. That yes, we're preachers, but and it ought to remind our congregation as well that that we're men, we're not supermen, that we don't have any superpowers, and we don't have any special abilities within ourselves, that anything good that happens in our life or in our ministry, it's because of the good hand of God, that we're just simple men, that God has created called and that he is counted faithful and that he has put us in the ministry. And so we see Paul's attitude as one who is simple. And then his attitude is as one who is a servant. As he says, Paul, a servant of God. Now you think about this here. Paul addresses himself as a servant. And that word servant means a slave. Paul was born free and was a citizen of Rome according to Acts 22. He made that made that known there in that chapter. But when we think about Paul, Paul became a servant of God. He says here, He's God's servant, God's man. And oftentimes when we think about our identity and we think about our position as preachers, that's what we ought to consider ourselves to be amongst everything else. We're just servants. We're servants of of the Lord. We're servants to our church and to our people. We're servants to the brethren. We're servants in the community. And I think that has everything to do with how we carry ourselves and conduct ourselves as men of God. True men of God see themselves as servants. And so Paul's attitude is as one who is simple. It's as one who is a servant. And then it's as one who is solidified. Paul uses his title here as he says, and an apostle of Jesus Christ, so Paul brings out his humanity. He brings out his his servitude, and then Paul uh, brings out the title that solidifies who he is. And Paul, as I said, he spoke to Timothy on both a personal manner, but also on a professional manner. He wanted, and I meant Titus. See, I say Timothy a lot. I get the uh, get the wording to get uh, uh, mixed up oftentimes, but we know that Paul is writing to Titus here and not Timothy. But he speaks to Titus on this professional manner as he mentions himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ. So he reminds Titus that that he's just a man, that he is a servant, but that he does hold a high office; that God has has called him to be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we know there are no apostles today, but Paul's ministry was certainly solidified, and Titus knew that. And I thank God for men who hold these hold great titles, and, and their ministry is solidified as well. If you want your ministry, uh, if you want your ministry to become a ministry that others will uh, have confidence in, I remind you that it's through faithfulness and dedication. Uh, that, that your ministry will be solidified by years of experience of just being steadfast and being consistent. And that is certainly true in the life of, uh, of Paul here. But we see that uh, Paul's attitude was that he was one who is solidified. And then he is one who is supportive. He talks about the uh, according to the faith of God's elect. Paul was a churchman. And Paul puts the church in in this epistle here in the first verse. He he mentions the faith of God's elect. He's going to take the church deep in in the very first verse of of this epistle and remind them here that that they have been chosen, that that they have uh, been challenged, and that they have been changed. They they've been challenged in the fact, according to the acknowledging of the of the truth, and and which is after godliness. And so uh, Paul is taking them deep in the scriptures in this early verse now. Paul was not a Calvinist and I'm not a Calvinist and I pray that you're not a Calvinist but uh, when he talks about the elect there uh, Paul is using that uh, concerning the foreknowledge of God and it's in reference to saints and not to sinners and and listen it never removes man's personal accountability to the gospel and he is talking to saints here he's talking about the church and he's talking to a believer here and he, he shows his support according to the faith of God's elect and then he shows his uh, that he is, his attitude is one who is spiritual. As Paul uh, talks about here, uh, the acknowledging of the truth. And Paul emphasizes the truth of the Word of God in this first verse. Paul is a spiritual man, and spiritual men uh, emphasize the Word of God. You have to be careful today about preachers that, <clears throat> that have maybe they have a lot of charisma, they have a lot of uh, personality, but is there any content, is there any substance to their preaching? When Paul preached, he proclaimed the gospel and he magnified the word of God. Be careful and be aware of men that, that call themselves servants of God and men of God, but they magnify themselves. They magnify their, uh, their, their, their own uh, agenda, their own personality. That was not who Paul was. And we see his attitude here as one who is spiritual. And then he's, we see his attitude as one who is sanctified. He said, uh, according to the truth, which is after godliness... You know, Paul's agenda was that of godliness. And real men of God are godly men. Real men of God, servants of God, are those that, that have stood for God down through the years, those that we hold in high esteem, is because they're godly men. They are men of character. They're men of integrity. They're men of respect. And so uh, we see his attitude. And then in verse number 2, we see his assurance. Notice what he said in verse number 2. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Now, he takes the time uh, to give uh, he, give him some assurance in his faith. I think every young preacher needs assurance in their faith. And Paul, we see his attitude, but, but we see his assurance. He, he wants to, to encourage Timothy uh, by being the good example, showing the right attitude. He wants to encourage Timothy by, by setting the example, but also by giving him some assurance. The The stronger, more experienced servant is wanting to give some assurance to the younger... And less experienced son here. And he does this by giving him uh, this verse here, this great verse that says, "In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Now there's a lot in this verse that we'll not take time to preach, but it's a verse that is loaded when you think about it, because here Paul talks about an eternal hope. He says, in hope, and, and this is an eternal hope that it talks about our security. And then Paul talks about eternal life and that talks about our supply in hope of eternal life. Paul talks about an eternal God that's our so- that's uh, our sovereignty as he says in hope of eternal life which God and I'm glad that God is sovereign and I'm glad that God gives us that eternal hope and so that eternal hope of security that eternal life of supply that etern- the eternal God sovereignty which God. How about an eternal truth that stability that cannot lie. That's an eternal truth that we have that God God has cannot lie that He has promised this eternal life, and so there's an eternal life that, or eternal truth that gives stability. There's an eternal promise here that gives us that sufficiency. He said, "In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised." Amen. I'm glad that we're standing on the promises of God. That's where our assurance is at. Our assurance is in this hope, this eternal life, the fact that God cannot lie, and the fact that God made us a promise, and that we're standing on that promise. And then there's an eternal foundation. As he talks about the start of this assurance, it was before the world began. I'm glad that Calvary was not an accident. Calvary was not an afterthought. God didn't have a plan B whenever man sinned in the garden. But before the world ever began, God gave us the blessed assurance that you and I could have hope that Jesus Christ was a lamb that was slain before the foundations of this world. And so we see here Paul's attitude. We see Paul's assurance that he gives uh, this this son in the faith, and I think that's that's what every preacher needs. We need the right attitude. We need that right assurance, and our assurance comes not so much from what man says, but our assurance comes from what God has written down in the pages of His Word. And though man may preach the Bible, but we and we take and when man preaches the Bible, it encourages our hearts. But we always go back to the Word of God. We don't lean on man's words; we lean on God's Word, and so we see. His, we see his attitude. We see his assurance. But then when we come to verse number 3, we see Paul's agenda. Look what the Bible said in verse number 3. "...but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior." Now think about this. Paul's agenda was preaching. That was the purpose of, of why Paul is speaking to Titus here in this text. Is He's reminding Titus of, of the real agenda... Uh, that that I've set you out on Paul's agenda Titus's agenda was that of preaching Paul was a preacher and what a great preacher Paul was and he sent Titus to Crete to preach the word and to uh, Paul uh, Titus here had three agendas in chapter 1 we'll see that it was to preach the word it was to set things in order and it was to stand against false doctrine and false teachers of that day and so he's reminding that Paul's Paul's preaching was very timely and Paul's preaching could be trusted And Paul's uh, preaching had a touch on it. He said, but hath in due times manifested His Word through preaching. And thank God for preaching. You know, I, I appreciate good singing. and I appreciate good testifying. But none of that takes the place of preaching. And I'm not minimizing either one of them. But listen, a church will get shallow and it'll get weak and it'll get upside down when you take the preaching of the Word of God out of it. And I've been to churches and listen, if you come to our church you know we like singing, we like shouting and we like testifying. I love it when people say amen and praise God. When they stand up in the sanctuary and they testify. But I wouldn't want to pastor a church that didn't want to hear preaching. Amen? I wouldn't want to pastor a church that uh, listen, want not just come in and sing all the time and never have any preaching. You'll You'll never, you'll never develop strong Christians. You'll, ne- never have, uh, uh, you'll never have the spirit of worship in your church if you don't have preaching. You know, that's the, that's the amazing thing. If you'll preach and you'll preach the Bible, your church will be on fire. If you'll preach the Bible and you'll preach it, preach it with conviction and preach it with power and preach it with a touch, And listen, it'll bleed over into the into the choir and bleed over into the pews and, and people will get excited. They'll want to worship. And and listen, Paul was a preacher. And oh, how we need preachers today. Preachers that have timely messages and preachers that that have a touch of God on their life. If, if you're a young preacher and you're listening, I would encourage you to get on your knees and, and spend time with God and spend much time with God. Uh, learn how to pray. You're not going to learn how to pray in a, in a week and you're going to learn how to pray in, in three months and you're not going to learn how to pray in five years. Prayer, uh, learning how to pray is a lifetime. But spend, start now while you're young and spend time in prayer and spend time on your knees and, and pray and, and be a preacher that knows how to pray. And Paul's agenda was preaching. Paul was a man who knew how to preach the Bible, but it hath in due times God's manifested His Word through preaching. Thank God for the preacher. And I want to say to every man of God that preaches and stands fast and and holds fast and stands for the truth, keep on preaching, keep on standing. Keep on. Uh, young preachers, like in this text, need older preachers to stay faithful. Titus needed Paul. Titus needed a word from Paul. And Titus needed to know and hear from Paul that he was still he was still holding fast. He was still being faithful. Paul knew that. Paul knew that if he was going to encourage this young preacher, that he was going to have to encourage him through preaching and encourage him about preaching. And that's what preaching does. It builds us up. It builds the preacher up. It's an amazing thing. You can be up preaching the Word of God and trying to help people while you're preaching. But you know what that Word will do? It'll help the listener, but it'll help the one that's doing the preaching. And so Paul gives Titus here of these words and he says to him that God hath manifested His Word through preaching which is committed unto me. Uh, Paul was a man that could be trusted. The gospel had been committed unto him according to the commandment of God our Savior. Now when you think about that, God has commanded His men to preach that military term our commander-in-chief has, has, has commissioned us and commanded us to go out and to preach the Word of God. And if you're a, a God-called preacher, you'll have to preach. It may be to the trees and the leaves, or it may be a street corner. It may be a, a jail, or it may be a, a nursing home. It doesn't matter where it's at, the place or the people. Just preach the Word. And if you're a true preacher, there's a hunger, there's a desire in your heart. If you've got the call of God on your life, then there's a desire to go and to preach. You know, I think some men have missed that calling. I think with great ambition and some with good intent even, they've missed the call of God. Not everybody's a preacher. And I do believe God's calling men to preach now. But if you can lay it down and walk away from it, as the old-timers said, then you ought to. You ought to just be a deacon in a church or just be a Sunday school teacher or go to church. But if preaching doesn't consume you, then walk away from it. Because the call of God, if you're a God-called preacher, you'll think about it. it it'll burn within you. There'll be the desire and that, to preach the Bible. And Paul, uh, he had that desire. And Paul is encouraging Titus within that desire. And so we see his agenda uh, in our text. And we see, uh, we see also uh, Paul's assurance. And we see his attitude. But I want you to notice his affection. Paul, in verse number 4... He said to Titus, my own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. Now Paul's affection is seen in his closeness as he talks to Titus. He calls him his own son. And it's seen in the cause. And that cause is the common faith. Now, Paul was close to Titus, as we mentioned. He was an early convert of his ministry. He had assisted Paul and Barnabas. had been instrumental, and God had used him greatly. And so Titus was dear to the heart of Paul. They were very close. But what brought them close was this common faith, this this common ground. That was the cause. That that was the cause of bringing them together. That was the cause of of Paul sending Titus to Crete, to Corinth. It was also the the cause of, of the them preaching, they both preach the same message. Because why? That common faith. That common faith brings all of us together. That's what draws men uh, together. And that's what draws the church together. And we see Paul's affection was uh, (coughs) in his closeness to Titus. He had a personal hand in bringing him to Christ. And then it was in uh, this common faith that they both shared. They were both believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it was in the compliments. Notice what he said, mercy and peace. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the compliment there. Mercy and peace. He talks about His mercy. He talks about the mercy of God, the peace of God. The mercy and peace of, of our Father and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He compliments. You know, that's the thing about the ministry is that when men of God are faithful and they're serving and they're, and they're, they're, they're striving, they may be in different fields. But those fields, if they'll, if they'll preach the gospel and if they'll be faithful, those ministries will complement each other. I, I, I think we ought to beware of men that, that want to be on an island all by themselves. Uh, they have the wrong agenda in life. It doesn't matter if you're a missionary, an evangelist, or if you're a pastor or a preacher we're all, if, if you're standing for the truth and you're preaching the word of God then our ministries they ought to complement complement each other and I believe you ought to have the right convictions and the right standards and those things but I'm talking about this common faith it, it doesn't deviate it doesn't waver it's the same it's a common denominator in all of our life if we're truly saved by the grace of God and Paul's affection is seen in his compliment as he says to Titus here mercy and peace I, I think we ought to speak kindly one to another you know, I think that um, it's very grievous to the Holy Spirit whenever preachers bite and devour each other, when they, when they hurt each other, especially when older preachers try to attack younger preachers. And, of course, younger preachers attacking older preachers is just as disgraceful. But notice the words that, that, that Paul, the servant, had for Titus the son. It was the words of mercy and the words of peace. If there's two words preachers need to get a hold of today, it's the words mercy and the words peace. We need to know how to show mercy to one another as men of God, and we need to know how to extend peace. And sometimes, uh, even though we may not agree 100% on everything, we all live peaceably once and, uh, uh, amongst each other. We all not talk about each other and backbite each other. Uh, listen, it doesn't help the work of God. And so it's seen uh, His affection, is seen in His compliments, it's seen in His Christianity, as He mentions God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's interesting because in verse number 1, He mentions God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse number 4, he mentions God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So in the early verses of this epistle, as he's addressing his son in the faith, Titus, here, Paul emphasizes, both in the beginning and the end of this this, uh, greeting here, Paul mentions his father, their father, and he mentions the Lord Jesus Christ. What Christianity is as a whole, it's about God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He's emphasizing what this thing is all about. It's not about the preacher. Thank God for Paul. Thank God for Titus. And thank God for their work. Thank God for their ministry. Thank God for their life. But at the end of the day, it's not about either one of them. And it's not about me. And it's not about you. But it's about our Father. And it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Another amazing thing that I, I want to point out in these verses here before we close, we see Paul's we see Paul's attitude in verse 1. We see Paul's assurance in verse 2. We see Paul's agenda in verse 3. It's that of preaching. We see, uh, we see here Paul's affection for for Titus in verse number 4. But I want you to notice there's something amazing about these four verses that that caught my attention. Is that Paul emphasizes the main thing that every preacher ought to emphasize in all four of these verses. And what that is, is the Word of God. When you look at verse number 1, you look at verse number 2, verse number 3, and verse number 4. You see that in every single verse, no matter what, Paul, whether it's his attitude, whether it's his assurance that he's given to Titus, whether it's the, <clears throat> whether it's the uh, agenda that he's laying out, or whether it's his own affection for him personally, you know what it's all surrounded with? It's all surrounded by the Word of God. And as men of God, that's what our whole emphasis ought to be about, is preaching the Word. The Word of God ought to consume every one of us as preachers, older men of God and younger men of God. The preaching of the Word of God should consume us. Notice that Paul emphasizes the Word of God in his calling in verse number 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. Paul emphasizes the word of God. The acknowledging of the truth is attached to Paul's calling here. And I'll tell you something, every preacher that's called of God will acknowledge the truth. uh, The acknowledging of the truth. That's what our calling is about. It's it's about again, not our own personal gain, not our own personal glory, and not our own personal agenda. But our our acknowledgement is about the truth. Our our burden is to preach the Bible, to preach what thus saith the Lord God, to tell men and women what the Bible says. And so it's attached to to his calling. He emphasizes the Word of God in his calling. And then he emphasizes um, here the Word of God in his security and hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. This hope of eternal life that we talked about. Paul links it to what? The fact that God cannot lie. That's His Word. Again, it's emphasizing uh, here in our security, not just Paul's uh, calling, but Paul's security is linked to the Word of God. His emphasis, again, Timothy, we have this hope of... Or Titus, we have this hope of eternal life. Titus, we have this hope that that uh, uh, that that we can rest assured him. But I remind you, this hope is based uh, on the facts of God's Word, not on feelings, not, not on what we think, but, but it's based on the facts of God's Word. And so Paul emphasizes his calling to the Word of God. He emphasizes his security to the Word of God. And again, he emphasizes his... His preaching, notice what he said, but hath in due times manifested His Word through preaching. In other words, uh, Paul, when he talks about preaching, he's talking about only preaching one thing. and You know what that is? The Word of God. As a preacher, be careful not to get up and preach your opinion, your ideas, the things you think. Don't get up and talk about yourself all the time. Preach the Word. That's what he told Timothy and that's what he's telling Titus here. Preach the Word. Preach the Word of God. Preach the Bible. Now, if you're going to preach the Word, you're going to have to study the Word. If you're going to preach the Word, you're going to have to know the Word. If you're going to preach the Word, you're going to have to live by the Word. If you preach the Word and you don't live it, people will know that. There's a lot of things that you'll have to give up and there's a lot of things you'll have to stop doing for the sake of preaching the Word of God. That may not all be sin. But there may be things that hinder your preaching. And so Paul emphasizes uh, his, his, the Word of God to his calling, to his security. And then he emphasizes it to his preaching. And then finally Paul emphasizes uh, the, the Word of God to his faith. As he says here to Titus, My own son, after the common faith. You know what the common faith is? It's faith in the Word of God. Uh, listen, the Bible talks about in the book of Jude a common salvation. <clears throat> here, this common faith, this common salvation. I think about uh, where the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so, when we th- consider what Paul says to Titus here, he links everything. To the, to the Word of God. He links His calling. He links His security. He links the preaching. He links even their faith. Uh, he joins it all. He emphasizes all. it all has to do with the Bible. As a servant to a son, this is what I want to say to you. What you're doing, what you're supposed to be preaching, where you're supposed to be standing, how you're supposed to be li- living, everything should be centered around one thing. And that's this book right here. That's the Word of God. I want to ask you this question Preacher, young preacher, older preacher, is everything that you're preaching, what you believe today, is it linked around the Word of God? Is your calling based on the Word of God? Your affection toward other preachers, is it line up with the Word of God? Your agenda, what is your agenda? Is your agenda to preach the, the burden that's on, that God has placed upon your heart, the, the Word of God? I ask you, listen, your, your attitude... Is your attitude saturated in the Word of God? Is it? You know, I am amazed at what preachers even want to talk about sometimes. And I know that there is carnality in all of us to a degree, and we we talk about things that are not necessarily pertaining to the Word of God. They're not sinful or anything like that. But I am not saying that we don't we can't have other conversations. But I tell you, I don't know another conversation I want to have other than this what, about this book. Amen. But I am amazed at preachers that want to talk about everything else but the Bible. They don't want to talk about the Bible. I've even had preachers say that before. Maybe you bring something up and they say, well, you know, know, we'll talk about church later. Let's talk about something else. Why would you want to talk about anything else if you're a God-called, God-sent preacher? It ought to consume your mind. It ought to consume your life. It it, it ought to be what you think about in the morning and throughout the day and what you go to bed thinking about at night is the preaching of the Word of God. Paul emphasizes that. A servant to his son. Paul is both careful and considerate and his approach to Titus here. Because he realizes that what he's going to say to him in these early verses is going to encourage Titus. It's going to help him as he labors and as he goes forward in the work of God. We ought to be careful and prayerful as preachers. What we say, especially the older we get, we ought to be considerate of those that are coming up. You can hurt a young preacher or you can help a young preacher. The choice is yours. Father, I pray that you'll take the the Word of God and speak to hearts. Lord, I am thankful for the older men of God that You've put in my life. Lord, I'm thankful for those servants of God that have blazed a trail and have laid a good example before us and have taught us as sons in the faith how to live, how to conduct, and how to carry ourselves as men of God. I pray that You'll speak to someone's heart now. And may Thy will be done. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen.